to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Tonight, my guest is actually a day ahead of us and 12 hours. Uh, Amy Andrews is a USA Today bestselling author. She lives in Queensland, which for those of you who don't know is in Australia. Um, she has been nominated for Rita Awards and a ton of everything else, but her books are so much fun that you get all the feels from sass and sexy and laughter and like she says, panty melting heat, which is absolutely true. Um, she's written well over 70 books and is, is published by several different publishing houses. I hope you will go to her website at amyandrews.com to learn more about her. But in the meantime, oh, it's my pleasure to welcome. It's a pleasure to welcome Amy Andrews to the show. Hi, Amy, and um, welcome to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Pam. Thank you very much for having me. It's a little bit, um, I can see palm trees out my window, but it's a little bit cooler where I, where I am at the moment, being that we're in the middle of winter or just the start of winter. Yeah, we're just starting our summer, and here in Florida, it's mm. incredibly hot and humid outside. Uh, no breeze to speak of, so I am safely ensconced in a very air-conditioned place, which where I will stay <laughs> until November. <laughs> I'm huddled in a blanket, and, and I've got a cup of tea. Oh, there you go. I just finished your new book, um, Nothing But Trouble, which oh, released oh on God. August 30th. This is a Credence, Colorado book, and it's number one. I don't know if it's going to be a series or not, but would you tell us a little bit about this book and why Credence, Colorado? Okay, well, it definitely is going to be a series. It's book number one, and book number two is coming out in October. Uh, why Credence, Colorado? The book is set in a small fictitious town in Colorado called Credence. I kind of liked some of the Credence Clearwater Revival fan, so I kind of like ah. the name. I kind of like the the it sounded a little bit backwater backwaterish, you know. It sounded like a little yep. quirky kind of a place. So, right. and I, I chose Colorado because I've been to Colorado. So, and my editor from Entangle Liz actually drove me out to Eastern Colorado, and I had a good look around there. So I kind of had in my in my head the kind of landscapes that um, you find out there. And uh, the book opens with uh, the hero Wade having to return home to Colorado, not having to, but choosing to return home to Colorado. He's an ex-jock, he's an ex-quarterback, very famous, very rich. Uh, his dad has a, a heart problem and he goes home to Colorado to the hog farm to for three months of summer. He's writing his memoirs, so he's going back there to get away from all the women's and trappings of Denver and concentrate on his book and help out at the farm with his, with his um, parents. And he takes his uh, long-suffering PA, who does not want to go uh, to backwater Colorado at all. She wants to go to California. Her contract is nearly up on her employment, and uh, she's made a lot of money being Wade's PA, but he is um, not the easiest man to be a PA for (laughs) at all. And she's looking forward to going, and he essentially... She said, no, she said, no, not going, I'm leaving. And he sort of essentially kind of blackmails her into staying, coming to Colorado with him. And while they're there, the townspeople, uh, the town council decides there's not enough women in Colorado. The town's dying, like all um, country towns, I guess, in the, in the U.S. and here in Australia. Um, young women leave, they go to college, they don't come back, they stay in the city. So they have a, they have a lack of women problem. So they decide to launch a... 
uh, online campaign to bring some um, some new women and new blood into the town, which Wade hates, but Cece uh, uses to get revenge on him for dragging her to Colorado and, and joins the, <laughs> the crusade. <laughs> this book was so much fun to read because – I'm I'm trying to picture him as, you know, good-looking, former NFL quarterback, has tons of money and everything. And so he's hired this woman who is at his beck and call 24-7. And I think in the opening scene, if I'm remembering correctly, she's got to go pick him up from a bar, and even though it's in the middle of the night. And this is not an unusual thing. And he's kind of baffled by why she's upset about it. Which perfectly uh, was it that he was he was someplace and uh, was he no, at a bar? No, no. In the opening um, chapters, she is um, he gets first gets a phone call about his father. They're actually at his at his apartment there in Denver. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but she he doesn't understand why she's upset every time he makes these crazy calls. Um, and also, no, he pays his good money, right? So why is she whinging? Why is she why is she upset? And every time he if he breaks up with someone, she's got to choose the gift or you know if a birthday what. So he kind of dumps his entire personal life in her lap, and she's really tired of it because her dream he, is to go to California. That's right. Uh, he does. He uh, takes lots of women for a few dates and then breaks up with them and Cece's the one who has to take all their phone calls and send them all the flowers right. and he's literally he's literally abdicated all his life responsibilities to her and and she's she knew that when she went into it she knew what she was getting into but after almost six years she's kind of over it um and sort of there's you know everything from buying his nerds to buying his condoms and you know breaking up with these women and she's just she's done she's totally totally over the over the whole thing and she doesn't want to go further into into you know middle america she's always wanted to live in california on the coast and she's all finally got enough money to do that so she's ready to say goodbye goodbye wade <laughs> I love the interplay with these characters because um, you don't for a second think there's any type of chemistry between them. Um, Cece is so, is so determined to get out and away from him and, and go and begin her own life now that she has the money to do so. And he just can't imagine why in the world she'd want to leave. It's, <laughs> it's just crazy to me because we all know and hear of people like this. They're they're like, you know, hey, I'm paying you good money. You should want to do whatever I say. So <laughs> I really, I loved, I loved this this small town thing, and especially you kind of threw me a curveball when you when you started talking about doing bringing women in to to credence, which was. <laughs> really funny and especially when he goes to the old folks home and they say yeah man it's a good idea he's baffled what do you mean we don't want things to change how in the world you thought about this I have no idea but it is just a delightful book I want to encourage listeners to go right now to Amazon you can buy the audio book you can get the mass market paper book or the Kindle they are so reasonably priced and I promise you you're going to enjoy this book tremendously you can still actually buy it on shelf too in the U.S. you can buy it at Walmart and Barnes and Noble right. as well so it can yep. 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 
Yep, I'm looking for Amy Andrews sightings in the wild. So as soon as I find one, I'm Ooh, yes, I'm I'm going to snap a picture for you and send it. Oh, now, awesome! I, I love a selfie. I, uh, <laughs> you're going to absolutely get one from me. So I also just finished Some Girls Lie, and right, yeah. um, and this is totally different. This is based back in Australia, um, and right. these are characters you've already well. Ethan's a character you've already introduced. So mm. now we have JJ Erickson, who is mm-hmm. a pub owner, and I like I like her character because she's kind of like uh, a very strong woman. She she's nonplussed by what people say in her pub, but she will stand up for herself. And her mm. best friend happens to be the local law enforcement and he just breaks down and gets snockered in her pub. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. So I like these characters so much. The, I love JJ. This is part of the Outback Heat series. This is book four. Will we see another one of these? No, the book four makes them complete. It's a four book series, so um, okay. yes, it's complete. It's actually free at the moment too um, on Amazon. I was going to say, I think say, it's still free yeah. anyway. So it yeah. is indeed. I, it I, is. Yeah, I like the idea of writing um, a character who'd been in love with her best friend for years and years and years, and he was completely and utterly blinded, blind to it. He just has no clue because he's been involved. You know, he sort of had his heart sort of stomped on by this woman for many, 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 yes. many, many years until he finally sees the light. And um, I like that kind of friends. I love friends to lovers. I, I really love that trope. So it was delicious making um, Ethan sort of wake up to what was right in front of him. Yeah, he was kind of clueless, I have to say. <laughs> you know? He was pretty clueless. He was clueless yeah. for a while there, yeah. Um, mm. I've also read your rugby series. So I oh, want to yeah. tell you, Rugby is not popular here in the States, or if it is, I don't know about it. So I, I, found, my, I found myself Googling a lot of the, the terminology, and I actually had to go to a YouTube video to see what a rugby game looks like. And I have mm-hmm. to tell you, it makes American football look tame. It really does. <laughs> they hit hard. They do, that's for sure. They're big guys that, like, tackle hard. So it can be excruciating to watch. Well, you know, I learned an awful lot, and I, as I said, I had to look up some of the terminology to know exactly what you were talking about, but fun series, all of them, and, you know, hot, big, muscly players, nothing wrong with that. Um, you, like, you, you like jumping around from all kinds of contemporary to kind of small-town Aussie, and you have a medical series, and you even have graphic novels. How in the world did you ever decide to start writing, Amy? Oh, well, that was a long time ago. I I didn't, I wasn't ever an author of that. Like a lot of people I meet will say, be a writer when I was three years old and I could staple paper together or something like that. And that was, right, right. that was never me. You know, I mean, I was, I was good at English at school. I liked creative writing. I wrote lots of angsty poetry in my teens, but I didn't ever really think that a writer was like an actual real job that people actually did for a living, which is of course was stupid because there were books. So obviously some people were doing it for a living. Um, right. And then I was 22. I was living in the UK for a couple of years 
and I was temporarily unemployed. It was my first winter there. It was freezing, like there were cobwebs frozen on our house. And <laughs> I thought to myself, what can I do that doesn't involve me getting off my electric blanket? And I thought, I will write that book that's in my head. And honestly, at that point in time, I hadn't ever thought I had a book in my head. And when I look back now, I think, well, of course I did. I always did. I just didn't realize they were really plopped in my head, if you know what I mean. So I did it. Yes. I sat down, oh, well, I sat I lay down on my bed in my, on my electric blanket. And for I wrote a book in 10 days. I wrote one chapter a day, 5,000 words a day for 10 days. It just flew out of me. And I wrote my first book. And that's how it happened. Did your first book get published? Oh, God, no, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did send it off. I sent it off and it got a rejection nine months later, back in the days before, you know, the internet and fast turnarounds. Um, But I think I always say that actually that rejection was what made me an author because it made me determined. I just, because I sent it to Harlequin Wilson Byrne, it was rejected and I thought, right, well, I am going to show you, I'm going to write a book and you are going to publish it if it kills me. And 12 years later, I finally got the call from London when I was, you know, here from here in Australia to say they were going to publish my first book. So it took me 12 years. <gasps> wow. But I, I finally, finally got there. And now you've written over 70 books. Um, in yes. the meantime, I know you were a nurse. Is that yes. where the medical series comes from? Uh, I've written 40, I think, medical and romance books for the Harlequin. Um, they have a medical romance line, so I've written yes. 40 different books for them. Um, yes, and certainly my nursing background helped a lot. In fact, the reason why I decided to switch from writing, because this was before I was published, I decided I would switch to write, trying to write medicals because I actually read a medical a long time ago where one of the scenes was the doctor gave a bedpan to a patient and I just thought, I've never in all my entire life ever seen a doctor give a bedpan to a patient. Exactly. And I thought, I thought, well, <laughs> at least I can put accurate stuff in my medical. So I switched to writing them and to reading them. And, um, yeah, certainly my nursing um, career has helped inform a lot of my um, stories. Certainly it's helped, you know, with terminology and knowledge in the medical field. Sure. Now, um, you had overnight success after 12 years, and so how many (laughs) books did you write during that 12 years while you were waiting to become an overnight success? Well, really, not that many. If I'd perhaps been a little bit more prolific, I think I might have got published earlier. I wrote, I'd written um, three falls and a partial, uh, but I had, I was working full time and I had, um, I had babies and so it was all very, you know, sort of hit and miss, but I also attended lots of workshops and conferences and I had a writer's group, did lots of critiquing. So I call it my apprenticeship. It was a very long apprenticeship. Yes. And it could have been shorter. I feel when I'm looking back on it, but uh, it was invaluable. You know, it's absolutely invaluable to have, I feel that kind of apprenticeship where, you have to work and learn and grow and get better yes. and, and get knocked back and, you know, go back again and keep going and keep going. I think really the difference between a lot of people who are published and not published is that the published people just keep going and, and learning and growing. You can't keep going and not and stay the same. You have to keep getting better. What was your first published title? Oh, 
<laughs> I'm embarrassed. I hate first title. I hate most of my. Um, I love Warriors for Harlequin very, very much, but I'm not a fan of the titles. It was the Midwife Miracle Baby was my first published title, and it was about um, a midwife who's um, had Hunterjin's career. Uh, her mother had mm-hmm. had a, you know, a, a, an illness, and um, so therefore she was um, not keen to get in a relationship or have children herself. And I love that book. It was amazing. I was quite disappointed in the title, but I would have given them my firstborn at that point in time. I was so ready to have my book be be bought. So yeah. Well, um, the cover must be fairly new. I'm assuming because it's a lovely cover. And yes, I have read on the cover. Yeah, it's it's a lovely cover. Um, when you look back on on the midwife's miracle baby and mm-hmm. now where you are with, with nothing but trouble. Um, mm-hmm. What, what difference do you see in, in yourself as, as an individual writer, you know, how you've grown and professionally, what do you see? Oh gosh, there's been so many changes. I look, I'm, I'm sure all of us will say they'll look back or read back on their old books and they'll wish they could go through and change, you know, a bunch of things. And I'm certainly, no difference. I know a lot of my earlier books, um, I did a lot of head hopping, which I still don't have any problems with. I mean, I think if Nora Roberts can do it, anyone can do it as long as they do it well. But I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't tend to do that now. I tend to stick, you know, in one point of view before moving to another. So certainly I've changed in, in that regard. And I think my voice developed more as well. I think I've, I've really developed more and developed the humor more in my voice. Uh, I think it was always there, but it was toned down a lot. And um, through an editorial, you know, advice and different lots of different circumstances. So now I feel like I really am established in my voice, and I really, really understand it. Of course, professionally, um, gosh, so much has changed since 2005 when my first book came out. It's just, you know, the publishing landscape is so vastly different. I mean. I, the fundamentals are the same, I suppose, but man, just oh, it's been a seismic shift in, in you know, when I back when I wrote my my first books, when you literally wrote your book, sent it to the publisher, they published it, you wrote your next book. There wasn't really any call or need to be anything other than heads down writing and doing that. Now it's about um, you know, social media and engaging and yes. um being a real presence online, particularly romance readers love to have connections with their authors, which I think is amazing and wonderful. Um, and I love that. I love that, you know, people can connect with me online. Uh, but it is, of course, another drag on your time. And it's another it's another kind of mask you, you have to wear. Well, it's not really yes. a mask, if you know what I mean. But it's another hat I you do. have to wear, I suppose, yes. as well. Yes, yes. Um, which is different, very different to when I first started. Uh, well, a couple of things you said strike me. Um, first of all, you mentioned that you've injected a little bit more humor. And I have to tell you that while some of the topics that you discuss, like in Nothing But Trouble, I mean, um, Some Girls Lie, I, it, it was a very serious topic. But I like the fact that there was humor in it because it feels m- more authentic to me. Um, many of us, I think, deal with a stressful time. Uh, by using humor Uh, otherwise we'd be so serious and so full of angst all the time so Mm -hmm. and and just your bio alone you know you you said look um you look 
here's what you here's what I'm reading off your page. She loves frequent travel, good books, great booze, although she'll take mediocre booze if there's nothing <laughs> else. For many, many years she was a registered nurse, which means she knows things, anatomical things, and she's not afraid to use them. So, you know, <laughs> To me, that tells a lot about what kind of books you're going to write and how much fun I'm going to have. And one of the um, quotes that's on your website says, um, I laughed like a loon, and I thought, oh, that was me. I laughed like a loon, too, when I was reading (laughs) a couple of your books. I I Mm. like the fact that there's humor because there is a lot of serious stuff out there, and a book should take you away from your real world, don't you think? Mm. Oh, definitely. That's why. I mean, I know it's not. A, I know it's not the reason why a lot of people read, but it's certainly the reason why a lot of a lot of other people read is to is to be taken away. People always say to me, "What do you want people to take from your books?" Like, I need to have some deep, you know, philosophical reasons for people to right. find in every book. It is not. I want people to be entertained. For two, three, four, five hours, half a day, a day, I want them to be entertained. I want them to forget about whatever's happening in their life and just to be completely immersed in that world where just for a few hours they can, you know, be somewhere else, be someone else. Um, I don't, you know, to me, if if someone says I laughed, you know, like a loon, that's amazing. But I also, I do, I can tackle some serious subjects and I also get a real kick if I can make a reader cry as well because I know I'm also making them laugh. I, my editor once said to me that I do, I do funny and I do emotion really well and that's what I like um, in a book and that's what I hope my readers can get out of a book that, you know, even if it's a, a deeply emotional issue and particularly a lot of my medical romances, I do tackle a lot of, you know, deeply emotional stuff but I always Absolutely. try to find the light. Um, in the shade as well. Well, you know, it's true that even um, in in cops book, cop books that are romantic, um, you know, cops mm. are facing serious stuff. And and having worked in a police department as a victim advocate, I will tell you that, you know, there's this gallows humor that you have because you can't <laughs> look at you can't look at blood and guts and all this kind of stuff all day long and not have. Mm kind of that dark sense of humor. So I appreciate that. And having been in medicine myself for many years, so I understand exactly what you're talking about. Um, You know, you were saying you were first published in 2005. And here we we are 14 years later, and you have over 70 books. Do you Mm. ever run out of ideas? It's like writing a book a month. How do you do that? Your head must be filled with ideas. I, I no, I haven't run out of ideas yet, and um, I kind of always describe that like inside my head is like um, a holding pattern, you know, like an aeroplane holding pattern where there's all these aeroplanes flying around the air that have to hold because they can't land at the airport just yet. So there's sort of little plots circling around in my head like aeroplanes in a holding pattern until they get permission to come in to land, and that's the book that I'm writing, you know, at the moment. What I particularly like um, working with. Entangled is that um, I actually work quite collaboratively with my editor, Liz, uh, and we um, brainstorm plots back and forth, you know, quite a bit. So she often is, she's often responsible for a lot of those initial sparks of a plot idea, a seed of a plot idea, and then we go on to develop them. And um, so we work very collaboratively on that. So she's helped me um, with a lot of those sort of story ideas as well. But I've, 
I've got three or four plots in my head, you know, for, for future books right now as we speak. So, um, no, so far I haven't run out of anything to, <laughs> not yet. Well, well, so when you get an idea now, you're the nothing but trouble <clears throat> is mm. a small town book, the Credence Colorado book. I'm assuming there's going to be another one because you have yes, it labeled book out, one. Yes, it's coming out in October. It's called um, The Trouble with Christmas. I think don't quote me now. It's a yeah, it's a Christmas book. So yeah, it's coming out in October. Do you ever have the urge to just do a standalone with no nothing, no no, no follow ups or anything? Um, well, I, I you know a lot of my category romance, medical romance have have been standalones. Right. So, right. Um, I have done that certainly. I just I guess I find that I know and I know how popular series you know are with with readers as well. I guess I find that. I never set out, often don't set out for it to be this way, but sometimes secondary characters will just demand a story as well. <laughs> I've never, I didn't plan for it to, to start out like that. Right. But right. then they, they say, hey, what about me? And suddenly I'm looking at, um, I've got their story going on in the back of my head while I'm writing the front story as well. So, um, so and sometimes it sounds kind of, I don't know, can I say wanky on air? It sounds like you, sure. you often you're the the vehicle, I guess, for the yes. thoughts in your head, the voices in your head. You like I wrote a book a few years ago called Limbo, um, which is a really weird, strange little mashup of a book that's um, quite odd. But um, I that plot was in my head for two years, and I kept saying to the main character Joy, who walked into my head fully formed, I don't know how to write you. You see ghosts. You, you're involved in a murder mystery. I don't write that. I don't know how to write you. You're just going to have to go and sit in the corner until I can figure that out. And she was there for two years, and she kept saying, what about me? What about me? And I kept saying, no, 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 until one day she just went, now, now. You have to write me now. And I did. <laughs> so it sounds really bizarre, but that's just sometimes the way it works. Do you have an interest at all in writing in another genre or are you safely ensconced in, in romance? I don't really know. I love, I love romance and I love that it's such a broad church that you can write in so many yes. subgenres, you know? So, yes. I mean, ultimately I'm writing contemporary romance and every subgenre I write, it's all contemporary. I, I right. will, I don't know if I ever start to write an historical, I think someone needs to get my brain scanned for a tumor because I just can't <laughs> even imagine that I would sit down to do that. It's not the way my brain thinks. I'm a very contemporary reader. Uh, uh-huh. and, and I can't imagine myself writing anything else. I, I mean, I guess you can never say never, but I, you know, I, I have enough plots in my head for romance to keep me going for, for quite so many years, hopefully. So, <laughs> I guess no is the answer to that. Well, I think you're fabulous, and I love all your different books. And I will be – I can't wait for the next Credence book to come out to see what happens because it was such a fun story to read. All of them are. And the Outback Heat books are great. And like I say, the rugby books, which, you know, I feel like now someone can ask – no, probably not. I was going to say they could ask me and I'd be able to answer them, but I won't. I I won't. I (laughs) admit that. Those books is that all the terminology, there's a glossary in the back that has um, – all the terminology is explained. 
Oh no, I had to know right then at the moment of the book. So you know, <laughs> well, I was googling Google images. <laughs> well, exactly. Google and YouTube were my best friends reading about rugby. But I mean, the stories mm-hmm. were great. I didn't have to do that. It's just that I thought no. I'm going to get a better visual of the story if I could go ahead and, and look at what a rugby tournament looked like. And I thought, wow, mm. that was pretty brutal, you know? So whenever mm-hmm. you were describing someone's bruises and their aches and their ribs and all, I could see why. Um, <laughs> tell everybody where to find you on social media. We know that your website is amyandrews.com.au. Uh, that right, is because yeah. Amy lives in Australia, but you can simply mm-hmm. Google her and I promise it'll come up. Where else are you, Amy? I'm on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, all at Amy Andrews Books. Um, for Yeah, all of those, I think. Facebook, Amy Andrews Books, Twitter, Amy Andrews Books, and Instagram, Amy Andrews Books. There you go. I have just a couple real quick questions. Um, sure. Whose book is on your nightstand right now? Oh, I just um, downloaded Teach Me Tonight, which is by Olivia Dade. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the book I am uh, I'm tackling next. And she does, she does wonderful, a- um, wonderful beta heroes, and um, the heroine is a librarian, and she has a wonderful sense of quirky sense of humor. So I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'll have to write that down. Um, yeah. Uh, is there a an author whose book you'll read over and over again? You know, I am not a huge rereader. Uh, I have never really been a huge rereader at all. So, um, so I guess the quick answer to that is no. But I do. There is a series of books that I used to reread a lot. That was by a New Zealand author in the 1990s. Um, and now I'm not going to be able to remember her name, of course. Uh, that is uh, Fiona Brand. She wrote an SAS um, series. And I also am a huge Jennifer Cruzy fan, and I do tend to reread her books from time to time. I love Jennifer Cruzy too. Yes, yes. yes. She, she was my first, the first author I read years ago. That was that was beyond like the Harlequin Milton Boone sort of um, sexy presents line. That made me realize that romance novels could be different, that they could be like that. And I was determined that I wanted to write like her. I wanted to be that was kind of the way I wanted my voice to develop, like, you know, that comedic kind of snarky. Um, yeah. So she was my real yep. gateway author to, to romantic comedy, really. I really like her a lot too. I agree with you. Um, when someone asks you what you do, what do you tell them your profession is? Oh, well, now I tell them I'm an author, but while I was a nurse um, for many years, I struggled with, because I was doing both. I was, you know, I was nursing part-time and writing full-time really for 14 years, but I I struggled with what to tell them because it comes, because you say you're a writer and they say, what do you write? You say romance. And that comes with a whole lot of stuff that right. people don't understand. And right. sometimes if I don't know a person well enough, I can't be bothered to have to put up with scorn or, um, right. that, you know, oh, you write those books, the attitude. So, uh, usually right. I fell back onto I'm um, I'm a nurse. People that I that I worked with didn't know I wrote for years just because I didn't want to have to defend myself or my choice of you know what I chose to write. So now right. now I say I'm an author, but it took me a long time, and I guess actually retiring from nursing helped with that process because I you know I'm not a nurse anymore. I can't say that. So, right. Um, right. Now I say I'm a writer. Now when I write, put on my 
on my um, card when I'm traveling on a flight overseas and I ask you what you do, I put, you know, author. But it did take me a long time just to be able to say that and own it. Very good. I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. When someone says I'm a writer, I feel like it doesn't give you the presence that you deserve because I'm such a fangirl of authors and obviously by the name of my show. Um, <laughs> if I if I invited you back to guest host, who would you want to interview? Oh, hmm. gosh, that is a good question. Um, I think I think maybe Nora Roberts. God, if I could get Nora Roberts, you know, I would do that in a heartbeat. La Nora just yes. does not do interviews on, on no, she I'm, just doesn't yeah. have to. Okay. She, I've actually choice. met Nora a couple of times, like very, at, sort of at a Harlequin function, just as a quick, you know, oh, this is Nora, this is Amy, that right. kind of thing. Right. Um, but she's quite, um, you know, La Nora, she's, she's just, she's a, got you know, presence. everyone's in awe of her. Yeah, absolutely. That's the queen. So, um, mm-hmm. okay. Second choice. Sorry to do that to you. <laughs> uh, Who would be your second, second choice? choice? Uh-huh. Um, I would say, I would probably say Jennifer Cruz, except that I've met her quite a few times. So maybe, um, Susan, Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Oh, she's magnificent. And she, yes, mm, she's, she's one of my favorites too. Mm. And as a matter of or fact, Jennifer Ivanovich. Yeah, Janet Ivanovich doesn't do interviews, but <laughs> Susan Elizabeth Phillips does. As a matter of fact, every year we have um, uh, an awards for best um, best of, and the the network does. And Susan won actually um, for first star seat tonight. And and I've read that book I think five times since <laughs> it came out. She's one of the <laughs> kindest, funniest, most generous people I've met. I'm going to see what I can do about it. go ahead and making that happen. Okay. Okay. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, we try to get her to come to Australia, but she doesn't travel that far, so it's a bit sad for us. Ah. Uh, well, let's see if we can't get her on the air, okay? Awesome. Yeah, that'd I, be great. I want to say thank you again to – this is the Australian Queensland author. Um, she does contemporary romance that is so much fun, and it's serious. You get all the feels. You get all of them. Uh, Amy Andrews, please visit her website at amyandrews.com.au, and make sure you leave reviews. Amy, thank you so much for being with me. It's been a joy to talk to you. Oh, thank you for having me, Pam. I've absolutely loved our time together. It's always nice to talk books with people who really appreciate them. Oh, thank you. And I'll send you the link. We'll talk again Great. soon, okay? Awesome. Thank, thank you, for you being Pam. With you. Listeners, thank you so much for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Bye.